University of Spiritual Warfare, presented by Bible Code 7. The strategy of warfare guaranteed for you to win every battle. No battle will be lost because the word of God is a guaranteed word. And God says, when Jesus is backing you up, don't you ever back down. Bible Code 7 is strictly Bible authenticated, Bible proven, and when you use it, you will come out of from where you are and you will get into where Jesus wants you to be. So go to BibleCode7.com or Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, iBooks, eBooks, Kindle. Check out our topics through Bible Code 7, four published works, and they're all of monumental value. That you, when you use it, when you use it, and you use it diligently, it will work for you. It will change your story. It will change your situation guaranteed. But the word of God is guaranteed. So tonight in the University of Spiritual Warfare, we're going to talk about a few things, and then we're going to get into our main topic. But today I just want to alert you and let you know that true media, mass media, there's a tremendous amount of diversions and distractions to distract you from the real thing, the real deal. What really is going on in the world? You will see a lot of theater and you will hear a lot of stories, but the real deal and the real theater is what's going on behind the scenes. There is a tremendous war going on between the forces of darkness and the forces of light. And we are to understand that unless you are operating in the spirit and you're discerning all these things that are going on, you will miss it. Not only will you miss it, but you need to understand that you need to be a part of it. Jesus said you are the light of this world and the salt of the earth. And if you're not shining as the light of this world to dispel the darkness all around and about you, then what are you doing? You're going to be swallowed up with darkness. Woe be unto you. Let me say that again. Woe be unto you. If you have the light of Jesus Christ in you and you allow darkness to overpower your light and shut out your light. So the Bible says the uh, light shineth in the darkness and the darkness could not overpower it. If you allow the overpowering of your light, your Jesus light, with darkness, satanic darkness, you're going to be in serious trouble. So my word to you tonight, my teaching is sharpen yourself up. Trim your lamps. <clears throat> Get some oil in your lamps. Carry some oil to spare so your lamp doesn't go out. Make sure that you're hiding the word of God in your heart. Make sure that you have your Bibles handy. And by the way, even today, I went out looking for a paper Bibles. I want to make sure I give, give gifts to our young people because, you know, most young people, they use uh, electronic media. They use their smartphones. But we old-fashioned ones, we got the good old paper Bible, Bibles. And we want to make sure that we give them and let them know, keep your sword, your Bible, your paper bag, Bibles handy because... One of these days, you power up your smartphone, you might not see a Bible attached to your smartphone. You might not be able to open it. 
this is where we are right now. Things are going to happen and happen very, very quickly. So a lot of diversions and a lot of distractions are going on. And we are to make sure that we know that all these that's going on is just to divert you and distract you. Take your eyes, your focus off of Jesus. You remember Peter? Everybody should know the story. The disciples were in a boat and they were on the lake of Gennesaret. And they were in the middle of a storm, massive storm. And Jesus had told them, go on the other side and I'll meet you over there. While the boat was in this horrendous storm, Jesus was walking to them over the water. Some people say he was walking on the water, but the water was going up and down and up and down. So he wasn't walking on the water and going up and down and being taught. No, he was walking above the water. And when he came to the boat and they saw him, they thought it was a spirit and they cried out. And Peter said, Jesus, if it be you, bid me to come unto you. And Jesus said, come. Jesus did what? Jesus said, spoke, come. He told Peter, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat. Peter stepped out on the word of God. Jesus told him, come. So what did he step on? On the water? No, he stepped out on the word. Come. And he walked above the water. Remember now, if he was walking underwater, the sea was going up and down and slashing and the water. No, he walked and he was going to Jesus. But he took his eyes off Jesus momentarily. And when he looked at the waves and he looked at the wind and heard the wind and all that was going on, the commotion, guess what? He began to sink. Jesus stretched out his right hand and picked him up, prevented him from being swallowed up in the ocean. So it is, when you take your eyes off of Jesus, all the commotion, all the wind, the waves, the boisterous noise, and all that stuff will swallow you up. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's not look at the diversions. My granny always said, don't, don't watch the noise in the marketplace. Keep your eyes on the scale. You go in the marketplace to get a pound of potatoes because you're watching the noise and listening to all of what's going on and not minding your business, looking at the scale. They'll rob you. They give you three quarters of a pound of potato and they call it a pound. You pay for a pound of potato, you only got three quarters of a pound. So don't look at the media diversions and all of what's going on around here. Skim the news and get abreast and say, hey, this is going on, that's going on. But don't be distracted. Keep your focus on Jesus and on the word of the living God. Headlines, Japan tells the USA that Russia and China, they're about planning a surprise Pearl Harbor attack on the USA. The same nation that attacked USA 70 years ago, they were bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki with nuclear bombs, that same nation is telling America, listen, we attacked you, we had a plan. And we are seeing the Chinese and the Russians going to do that same plan. Are you ready? Do you know that? But guess what? The people don't know it because this didn't make the headline news. So most Christians don't know it, so they, don't, they, they, they have something to pray about. Because you see, this is a war in the heavenlies. This is a war where we got to call on Jesus. 
a surprise attack. All of a sudden, surprise. When surprise attacks come, people die. Things get blown up. Normal becomes abnormal. And then there is a retaliation. And then when you retaliate one side against the other and the other back and forth, there's a world war. And then people die. And uh, we know Revelation 6 and verse 8 says that the pale horse, whose name, the only name rider is uh, death, is riding. And he's about to kill one-fourth of the world's population through war, famine, hunger, and the plagues, uh, the beast of the earth. So we know all these things are happening. But are you prepared? Are you going to be taken by surprise? So you've got to know and look at not what the world is paying attention to, the gossip. You've got to pay attention to the real stuff. Get yourself prepared for the real stuff. The stuff that has meat on it. This is important. If we know what's going on because we know that there is a war between light and darkness. We know that the pale horse is riding and we know that there's a depopulation agenda going on. COVID was that uh, biological warfare weapon. We know that all these things are going to happen because the Bible told us this, this is going to happen. But are you prepared? How do we prepare? First, we've got to get our eyes focused on Jesus. Number one. Number two, you've got to have a strategy, a battle strategy, a battle plan. That's what Code 7 is all about. And every day you're engaged in Code 7 warfare. Because you see, in the same manner you eat three squares a day, unless you're fasting, of course, is the same manner that you need to pray. And even more so, Jesus, Luke 18, 1, says men ought always to pray and not faint. Don't have anxiety. Quit. Throw in the towel. Be surprised and uh, have fear grip you. We must pray. Always. That's what the boss says. So we know that the media does not serve the interests of Jesus. And it does not serve the interests of the Christian believers. So we need to turn your eyes away from media a little bit and turn to the Bible. The Bible is our media. The Word of God is our media. It's our television. It's our newspaper. It's our internet. And we need to make sure that we spend more time involved and indulging in the Word of God than anything else. The Bible tells us that when people, men, leaders of nations, begin to say, peace, peace, safety, 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 then sudden destruction is coming. And this is one of the reasons why you need warfare, spiritual warfare. Why? You want to cut down these lying tongues. You want to cut them out. And you want to cut down the lies and the deception that's going across the nations of the world. The darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness is covering the people. I was explaining to my grandchild this morning, I said, we're like on a ship, a huge ship like a cruise ship and we're leaving an island a beautiful island with white sand beaches and people and families on the beach and they're enjoying the water you know little children little boys little girls and we're leaving that island when you look down into the sand in the water 
Uh, and you look down, you see crystal clear water. You look down and you can see the sand, starfish. Then as you go out, you get further out, it looks azure blue. But as you go out, uh, the water changes from being like silk, just laid out, begins to get choppy, and the color begins to turn dark. And as you go further out, it begins to get choppier, 10 feet, 20 feet waves, 30 feet waves. And then your ship begins to get rocked and tossed. There's no way of getting off the ship, and there's no turning back. Then everything gets dark before you, and when you look out, you can't see your way. You have to trust the pilot, the captain of the ship. The ship is rocking and tossing. And you in your cabin, your perfume, your cologne that you put on the counter or on the little table begins to slide off and fall on the floor because the angle of what the ship has been turning in the ocean, the waves are so deep are so large that it's rocking the boat, and then you begin to get seasick. If you look out your window, things begin to get so dark you cannot see anything. People begin to fear. You hear screams on the ship, but there's no turning back. You can't jump ship if you're in it. You're in a horrible Euroxodon. The only thing you can do is stay put. Begin to pray. And when you pray, you call out to Jesus. Then you hear a still small voice of Jesus says, Fear not, I am with you. You're going to endure the rocking. You're going to endure the tossing. You're going to see the darkness. You're going to endure everything. But you're on the ship and you can't get off. But guess what? That little voice that tells you, Fear not, I am with you, is all you need. But you've got to be in communication with that voice. You've got to be uh, releasing the word. Why? He watches over his word to perform it. So this is what we're going through in this world. And we are going deeper and deeper and deeper into uncharted waters. We are going into different dimensions of time. Yes, you're in the same geographical area, the same house, different day. Same stores you shop at, everything seems to be going in the same old way. Rain falls, sunshine, but you're going deeper and deeper, deeper into a spiritual darkness. You're going deeper and deeper into a spiritual abyss. Deeper and deeper, this world is going into the sewer. The Bible puts it this way, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness shall cover the people. When you talk about darkness, you must talk about the prince of darkness. He rules the darkness. We know that through him, or by him, the rulers of the darkness of this world, the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places will rule. They will dominate. But when it comes to the domination, you will dominate the others in the world, but you're not going to dominate me. My commander-in-chief is Jesus. I'm dominated by him. He has already whispered to me, like he told Paul, the apostle, when he was caught in that Eurotodon, that tempestuous storm on the ocean. He said, stay in the ship. Tell them, stay in the ship. There'll be no loss of life. 
So regardless of how this world is rocking and tossing and what's going on, you stay in Jesus. You stay in the word. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Don't worry about it. Don't take your eyes off him. Because we are in those days of deep, deep darkness. And this is the reason why you need spiritual warfare. Because if you don't war, your mind is going to be shut. You're going to become loony. You're going to have deep anxieties, stressed out, depressed, discouraged. All kind of names is going to be put on you. But all you need is Jesus. He'll take you through all this. You've got to understand today that reprobate minds are ruling this world. God has given up on them. God has given up on them. Then God has given them over to a reprobate mind. Reprobate. Lawless. <laughs> Evil. Wicked. Deceitful. And above all things, desperately wicked. Given over to Satan. And all of what Satan can tell them to do, they'll do what Satan tells them. Reprobate. But before he turns them over to a reprobate mind, he gives them up. He gives them up twice. Then he gives them over. That's Romans chapter 1. 26 through the end, he gives them up. He gives up on them. He gives up on them. And then he gives them over to a reprobate mind. And these are our rulers. How many world rulers have you heard today or recently? Talking about Jesus. Hmm? But most of them are enjoined by secret societies. They all serve the same master, Satan. They all talk a good talk, but you never hear the talk about Jesus. You never hear the talk about really praying and calling on the Lord. You never hear Bible coming out of them. And how can you judge a person? Bible says, by their fruit, you will know them. I don't have to judge you. I just be a fruit inspector. If I don't hear no Jesus out of you, I'd, I know that Jesus is far from you. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. They have no affinity, no regard, no any, no draw for Jesus. Not even the mention of the name Jesus. The Bible. When was the last time, listen carefully, when was the last time you really heard the name of Jesus, even in the public do discourse, even in the public domain from some big shot, not preachers, some big shot, politician, ruler, president, prime minister, whatever, when was the last time you hear the name Jesus? Of course, you'll hear them talk about God. Which God? Hello? I said, which God? The Bible says that there are lords many and gods many. And the, even the devil believes in God and he trembles. But which God does the Satan believe in? He believes in the God of all gods. Jehovah, Jesus. And when he believes in Jesus and he hears the name Jesus, the Bible says he trembles at the mention of that name, Jesus. That's why I love to torment the devil and the demons. I preach Jesus, not God, not Christ, and not Messiah. I preach Jesus. 
So in the public discourse, there is no mention of Jesus. That's to tell you that the darkness has covered this earth, and we are descending deeper into the sewer and even more darkness. Hold on to your seats now, because worse is yet to come. By the way, Matthew 24 and 8 says, Jesus mentioned and says, when you see all these things begin to happen, he says, these are just the what? The beginning of sorrows. These are just the beginning of the birth pains, the birth pangs. Meaning what? Worse is yet to come. The earthquakes have not really come yet. The volcanoes, where once it was here erupting. And you know what the volcanoes are. A volcano, the Bible tells you, when the earth quakes and shakes, the Bible says the earth will quake and shake. The earth will tremble, waiting for its redemption. The earth wants to be redeemed from the grip of evil. And this is what we're seeing. But the earthquakes are coming. The acts of God are coming. The stars are going to fall from the heaven. That's not happened yet. We're seeing a few little uh, comments here and there, but the real deal is not yet. And you need to understand that you are to prepare yourself for it because it's about to come. The real earthquakes are going to come. We had an unfortunate incident recently where a condo building at 2 a.m. in the morning collapsed in, in Surfside, Florida. It is reported that so far, confirmed dead is about a dozen, maybe more by now. 157 people are missing. Very unfortunate. It said that the, there was a cave-in or a sinkhole underneath the building. One lady reported, and she called her husband, she's missing. She said all the water in the swimming pool is gone. The swimming, the swimming pool is empty. There's a sinkhole that swallowed the swimming, swimming pool. So we are seeing some things that are happening right now. And you've got to prepare yourself because more is on the way because Jesus said so. We know that in the middle of all this, the heart of rulers are deceitful. And above all things, it is desperately wicked. And we know they have an agenda, a depopulation agenda, to kill, destroy all across the nations of the world, at least one-fourth of the people. And the Bible tells us, Matthew 24, Jesus said, unless he intervenes in the world situation, what's going on across the world, no flesh will be saved. No human flesh. He's not talking about cats, dogs, and monkeys. He's talking about human flesh. What does that mean? A genocide is about to occur. Millions of people are going to die. And I've already told you, Revelation 6 and 8 tells us that one-fourth of the world's population, which is approximately 8 billion people, are going to die. So I don't want to scare you and tell you doom and gloom. I'm just telling you Bible. I'm just getting you ready. I didn't write the Bible. My assignment is to prepare the people of God and show you how to go through. Because Jesus told his people, you must endure until the very end and thereby be saved. But if you do not endure, you cannot be saved. So we are to understand that desperately wicked people are running the show in this earth. You don't hear no Jesus out of them. You don't hear no, uh, all you hear is song and dance and deception, deception, deception. They're all joined at the hip through secret societies. They are satanically inspired. 
You're inspired by Satan, and your job is to deceive you. Your job is to make you believe that they are on your side. They're looking out for your best interest. But you don't hear no Jesus from them. You don't hear no Bible from them. They don't mention Jesus. Can you trust somebody like that? I don't think so. The Apostle Paul says, listen, we got to follow people. And he said, follow me even as I follow Jesus. Even as I follow who? Christ Jesus. So we don't follow a man. We follow the Jesus that the man is following. Now when you don't hear a man confess and profess Jesus and that he's following Jesus, run! He's not your politician. He's not your man. He's not your woman. He's an imposter. Because if it's not Jesus who is controlling the man, then it's Lucifer. He is communing with fallen angels. That's a big charge to make. Well, Hitler was communing with fallen angels. He was talking to demons. He was conversing with demons, and the de demons told him how to go. And what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us we, we should what? Acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, and he'll show us how to go. So if you're not acknowledging Jesus so he can show you how to go, you're acknowledging Satan, and you, he is telling you how to go. Well, come on, let's talk about this thing now, because you've got to understand where we are in this warfare. The witch of Endor, the Bible teaches us, she had what is called a familiar demon. And that familiar demon is who she worked with. And when she worked with him, and Saul, King Saul, went to her and said, Hey, call me up Samuel the prophet. She called up Samuel. But she thought that she's going to get her familiar demon who would tell her all kind of stuff and who she could tell all kind of stuff. Business as usual. She didn't know that God made a switch. The Almighty God, Jehovah, made a switcheroo on her. God sent up the real Samuel from Sheol. The real Samuel, the prophet, came back from the dead and began to talk to the woman and talk to them and tell him. And he told Saul, listen, today, tomorrow, you and your sons are going to be with me down here in Sheol. Only thing is that where I am, I'm, going, I'm in the good part of Sheol, hell. But you're going to be on the bad side where it's hot down there. And it's, it's horrible because Sheol at that time was divided into uh, two compartments. One for the righteous dead and one for the unrighteous dead. Do you understand that? So the witch of Endor was talking with familiar spirits. So people are communing with fallen angels. They're communing with demons. And, you know, I mean, people talk about seances. The people have a medium, and they say, well, we can call back somebody from the dead and talk to the dead, communicate with the dead. It's called a seance. So they're reaching beyond the grave, and they're trying to make contact with the dead. But you don't make contact with dead people. No, you make contact with familiar demons. And many of our leaders of nations and politicians are making contacts with demons. They're speaking with fallen angels. Adolf Hitler did through his real society. 
We are to understand that even people who talk or deal with Ouija boards, tarot cards, uh, palm readers, crystal balls, what are they doing? They're talking with demons. What's your point, Bishop? The point is this, that if you ain't talking to Jesus, you're talking to a demon, okay? And if our leaders, presidents, and prime ministers are not talking with Jesus and are seeking the advice of Jesus Christ, you're talking to Satan and Satan's agents. Plain and simple. It's either or. Whether you like it or not, whether they like it or not, it is either or. I want you to understand this thing, you know, because you've got to understand your adversary. There's a rapid acceleration of satanic plans coming upon the face of the earth right now. And it's worldwide. They sense their moment like a shark sensing blood in the water. And when they smell blood in the water, they go into a frenzy. And anything that's wounded in the water, a shark will tear it to pieces, even another shark. I want you to understand that. And this is what Satan is sensing right now. He's sensing a blood in the water. He's sensing his moment. He's sensing his time. Well, let me tell you something. You need to sense your time too, honey. Bro, you need to sense your time too, that this is the time. This is the season. We need to arise and shine for your light. Your power has come, and the glory of the Lord Jesus has arisen upon you, and I am going to shine and make my light shine for Jesus. No darkness will overpower me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We must understand that the world is becoming Babylon confusion. And the USA is Babylon USA. Yes, I said it. America is the modern day Babylon. You ought to get my last book, Escaping the New World Order and the One World Babylon through Bible Code 7. You need to get that book. Uh, if you if you if you don't get that book, you won't understand what's going on today. And I don't want to I don't want to be teaching you all of the stuff that's in the book. You need to get the book. That's how you support me. That's how you support what we're doing here. That's when you get your own copy and you can read it. You read with understanding. You will see what's going on. You'll say, oh. And it's not just about one topic. It's about a variety of things the Lord revealed to me, and the revelations that He has given me. Yeah, I see them being fulfilled every day. I see the great divide in America. God told me there will be a great division, a great divide. And who's behind the division? The rich that rules over the poor that wants to divide people. You see, they control 85% of the world's wealth, 10% of the world. And they want 90% of the people, the population of the world, to fight and kill one another over 15% of the world's wealth. Divide and conquer. Nice strategy. They are so busy killing one another and hating one another, black hating white, Hispanic Asians, and all the other people hating one another, they won't even know that we, the rich people, we're the one behind it. <laughs> and they laugh with a demonic laugh. But the foolishness that's going on out here. You ought to understand that. You ought to understand that we're not each other's enemies. The rich who rules over the masses are your enemies. 
You've got to understand that in the eyes of the rich man, the masses are asses. You're not only a jackass, a beast of burden, but you're a fool. You're an ass. That's how they see you. The ruling class see you as an ass. And they see me as an ass. Well, guess what? <laughs> how you see me is I'm turning this thing around on you because I know who you are. And I'm raining down the fire of the living God all over you. Your billions can't help you. Your billions cannot fight the sword of the Spirit, the word of the living God. They don't believe that you escape me and where I'm positioned. No, you can't touch me. I'm untouchable. I'm positioned above the nations of the earth and above the kingdoms of the earth. We must come to the understanding of who we are and whose we are and whose side we're on. What weapons we fight with. We must choose our weapons. And our choice is not guns and bullets, bombs, sticks and stones. Our choice of weapons is not physical, carnal, but the mighty weapons through God to pull down every fortress. Woe beyond the preachers who have not woken up and smelled the coffee and they're still fighting in the same strategy, the same uh, type of warfare that they used to fight. Footman strategy. As God told uh, Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, you're running with the footmen in a foot race and they have wearied you. What are you going to do when you have to run with the horsemen? What are you going to do when the Jordan swells? What are you going to do when you have to run through the thicket, the jungle? It's a jungle out there. Jordan has swollen. We're running with the horsemen now. It requires a different strategy. Prayer warriors, you need to code. You need to give the battle to the Lord and let him fight your battles for you. Because you certainly cannot fight the battle yourself. And I've had in the past, so I don't even want to listen to this no more. I'm so tired. I'm so worried. I cannot go on anymore. I say, why are you tired? You're a child of God. Do you know, don't you know that God don't get weary? Don't you know that God doesn't get tired? The everlasting God doesn't get tired. How are you saying that his word is a tired word? He is his word and his word is him. He says, when you, when, you, when, you, when you wait upon the Lord, the Bible says, you will mount up with wings like eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. Er, a young men will get tired and weary because they don't know warfare. They don't know the strategies of warfare. You don't know how excited I am in warfare. I am so excited in warfare, but 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock at night, I'm in the middle of my spiritual warfare. I am so I am so pumped up. I go to my bed. I can't sleep for the next hour. Because when I'm engaged in spiritual warfare, I get spiritually charged. Are you tired? The word of God never gets tired. So don't come to me with that stuff. You see, but if you don't know this thing, and I'm not knocking you, but if you don't know it, no one taught it to you, You'll operate in the same manner you've been operating ever since you were a Christian. So I want to teach you this thing. Code 7. Bible Code 7. That's why you need to get the book. And learn how to war. A good warfare. And hold your faith in Jesus. Because if you don't war a good warfare and hold faith in Jesus, you'll encounter shipwreck. Just like Hymenaeus and Alexander. 
So we need to understand what's going on. Babylon, confusion. Worldwide Babylon, because the world is coming into a one-world Babylon order. We must understand that USA is the chief Babylon proponent. And there is going to be an uphill struggle for the Christians. We are going to have to go uphill. Are you ready for going uphill? Do you have your feet shod? Like a horse. As a horseshoe on his foot. Are you shod with the preparation of the gospel? The word, the sword of the spirit. So the word of the sword, the word of God, the sword of the spirit is between you and what you're interfacing with. The dark world, dark world the darkness of this world. That's what Jesus tells us. The Lord told me to teach you again. I mentioned it today. While I was on the, the daily briefing, what's going on? We must understand our adversaries and what our adversaries are doing. There's tremendous demonic rituals going on to gain power with Satan. The strongest ritual that they can do is a blood ritual. A human blood sacrifice. Oh, Bishop, don't talk about those things. Oh, well, you better understand. You better wake up and smell the coffee, honey. You better wake up and understand that these things, the Bible, and anything in the Bible, I can teach it. I'm allowed to teach it. And I'm going to invite you to turn your books, your Bibles, to Second Kings 3. We're going to talk about that. Second Kings 3, because you've got to understand the depth of the struggle that we're in. You've got to understand the depth and the ferocity of the warfare that we're in. That if you slip, you're dead. You're gone. Your children are gone. Your grandchildren are gone. No. We've got to stand on the battlefront. We are at the tip of despair. And we've got to stand for our children and our grandchildren. We've got to trade them up in warfare. We're called upon by Jesus to stand our ground and occupy till he comes. We're called upon by Jesus to endure, push up against all the things that come to push you down until the very end. And by the way, I've told you so many times, there's not going to be any secret rapture, okay, where Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. And all those believers are going to be taken out and we're going to go and be with Jesus. And then a couple of years later, he's going to come again. That's not Bible, okay? The Bible does not bear that out. The Bible, when you study the Bible, the Bible tells us that the believers in Jesus are going to go through the great tribulation. These are they that have come through great tribulation. That's Revelation uh, Revelation seven thirteen and 14. And we must understand that there must be a people that will meet Jesus when he returns at the end of that time of tribulation and at the end of the day of the Lord. When the stars of heaven shall fall, the sun will not shine and the moon will not give its light. We are going to go through all that. Do you hear what I'm saying? It ain't going to be pretty. It's going to be frightening. We're on that ship, remember? We're going through some uncharted waters. We've never been down that road before. We have never been to that place before. And that's where we are, but we can't get off the ship. No, you can't. 
You have to stay in this life. You can't take your life. You got to stay in this life. You got to fight. Because if you don't fight, you're going to roll over and play a year. I'm no use to Jesus if you don't fight. You need to understand that you need a, you must either sink or swim. So you better learn how to fight. So 2 Kings 3, knowing your, en your enemy, your adversary. The 26th verse, 2 Kings 3, the king of Moab. He was in a battle with God's people, Israel. Israel was told by Elisha, the battle is yours. The victory is yours. You will defeat the king of Moab. You will win the battle. Go for it, guys. And they went for it. The king of Moab, when he saw that the battle was too severe for him, he took with him 700 men who drew sword. I wonder why he took 700. Maybe the king knew something about Code 7. That's right, he did. 700 men who drew the sword to break through to the king of Edom. But they could not. So he tried the last minute, last chance maneuver. And it didn't work. Then had another trick up his sleeve. He tried something spiritual. Verse 27, 2 Kings 3. Then he took his eldest son that should have reigned in his stead, and he offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. Stop right there. He offered him for a burnt offering on the wall, but before you can offer him as a burnt offering, you had to kill him. You had to chop him, chop his neck off, shed his blood. So he took his own son, his eldest son, and chopped him in pieces and burn his body human blood sacrifice is this in your bible let's look at it again second kings 3 verse 27 then he took his eldest son who would have or who would have reigned in his place offered him for a burnt offering on the wall he killed him and burned his body to the satanic demons on the wall Wake up and smell the coffee. You better get rid of your little squeamishness. Don't get, uh, some of you just got become squeamish all of a sudden. You didn't grow up like that, but now all of a sudden you get squeamish. Well, you need to understand that some people are not squeamish. These things are real. Are there some people like kings and rulers offering blood sacrifices in some basement or in some deep woods? If there are some billionaires or rulers who go into a place and they chop somebody up and they offer, offer them up as a burnt offering, shed their blood, and offer their body as a burnt offering to Satan, because God does not accept a burnt offering of a human sacrifice. Do you understand that? There is absolutely no proof in the Bible where God accepts a human burnt offering, a blood sacrifice. He doesn't. He does not. So we must understand that if there is a human blood sacrifice offered, it is offered to who? Satan. And we're in some deep waters right here when we talk about Satan and human blood sacrifice. But guess what? I am not afraid. The blood of Jesus covers Hallelujah. Fire of the living God wraps me. I'm a ball of fire. And I put that fire all around you, your children, your little ones right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't get squeamish on me now. 
Don't get fearful because, you know, when you talk like this, some people, they tune you out. They don't want to hear that kind of stuff. Well, you've got to deal with it. If you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. So it's either you deal with it or deal with you. Like in uh, 1988, I had to deal with some demons because if I didn't deal with the demons, the demons would have dealt with me. They would have taken me out. But praise Jesus, I am still standing. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I'm a trained warrior, experienced warrior, because Jesus seasoned me. Jesus put me in the heat of the battle. But while I was in the heat of the battle, and he allowed the enemy to attack, he came to me and told me what to do. He told me what the antidote was. You see, the venom of Satan was killing me. But Jesus gave me the anti-venom, which was the word of the living God. And Code 7, how to wield the sword of the spirit, the word of the living God, and get out of Satan's grip. So he offered a burnt offering, human blood sacrifice on the wall. And the end result, the, the, the B clause of verse 27 said, there was great indignation against Israel, the backlash against Israel, God's people. There was great wrath, anger, demonic, satanic, spiritual wrath against Israel. And what happened? The bottom line, they departed from that king and returned to their own land. They left. They turned around. So great was that backlash of the blood sacrifice. They turned around. The anger, the indignation, the demonic wrath was so great that God's people turned away. And went home empty-handed. Don't tell me this is not Bible. Don't tell me that this demonic sacrifice, blood sacrifice, didn't cause great wrath. It says so right here in your Bible. And I'm not afraid of anything because greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And I'm telling you tonight that this is what's going on today. Satan senses his moment. Blood in the water. And he is in a frenzy. His time is short. What are you doing about it? How are you covering yourself? How are you covering your children and your grandchildren? How are you? Helping in the body of Christ. How are you helping in this warfare? What are you doing? If you tell me you're like the church in the book of Acts, the 12th chapter, when they grabbed James, Herod the butcher grabbed James and he killed him, butchered him, chopped his head off. And the church did nothing. They got some candles and teddy bears and flowers and they put a big pile of rubbish where, where, where James, that righteous man, was butchered. And they did nothing. So what did Herod do? Herod was emboldened. He said, look at those bunch of chickens, those bunch of fools. Crazy. Church, call yourself Christians, but you talk about your God. You're a bunch of loony bins. And he called them names. Mock them. 
mock their God, mock Jesus. And he grabbed Peter and he said, you're next. He said, next after Easter, we're going to butcher you too and shed your blood. Why was he emboldened? Because of the blood sacrifice, baby. The demons made the church afraid. The wrath was against the church. The wrath was against the Christians, just like it was against the people of Israel. There was great wrath against Israel. There was great wrath in Acts 12 against the church. And when he grabbed Peter and put him in jail, something snapped in the church. The light switch flipped. They said, we are the church of Jesus Christ. Nothing should be happening like this. And the Bible says the church began to be the real church. They began to pray without ceasing. You see, they waited for something to happen before they began to pray. You're not supposed to wait for something to happen before you call, oh, well, we're going to have a chain prayer. Oh, we're going to open the church doors. And because brother so-and-so is sick and this and that is happening, we're going to be praying and we're going to have fasting and we're going to... No, 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 no. That's defensive playing. My son told me years ago, he said, Dad, they teach me in football. The only offense is a strong, the only defense is a strong offense. You've got to be on the offense at all times. And I learned that. I put it in my computer. Now let me tell you something. The church must learn and understand that we are to be on the offensive. We have all the armament, the full armor covering your front side. There's no covering for your backside. There's no backing up and then going, ouch. You need to understand that we must be pressing forward and engaging the enemy. Be on the offensive. We need to understand that, oh, Lord of mercy. In the midnight hour, that's when I get my kicks. When I release the word of the living God against the forces of darkness. I get such a delight. I get such a thrill. Why? Because I can see the word working. I can see the fire of God falling. I can see the demons running. Let God arise and let every enemy be scattered. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Lord, beat them with a rod of iron. Dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. I could just see them. You hear what I'm telling you? Why? Because the word of God is watched over by God to perform it. And when you declare the word, he brings the word into performance. But my God, I wish I had at least 200 people. I wish I had 1,000. Lord Jesus, give me 1,000 coders. Give me 1,000 coders in the midnight hour. Committed coders that will release the word in the midnight hour. Lord Jesus, give me that. I beg of you. And we'll see how we turn the situation around. But you know something the Lord told me? He said, we're going to have coders. We're going to have coders. It's going to catch on. It's going to catch on. But you see, until somebody's behind gets in the vice and gets squeezed, people won't catch on. Until people get dropped in the deep end of the pool, they won't start to swim. They won't even tread water. They will just sink like a piece of lead. The Lord is telling me something. He's raising up an army, the Joshua generation. He is putting them out as spiritual sparring part partners. 
and where the enemy comes to them and does push. They're coming up and they don't know what to do, but we're teaching them how to wield the sword of the spirit, how to use the word. And when they wield the word, they go bam, like a baseball bat cracking their skull. And when they see it, they say, yeah, is that how it is? Bam, they learn how to use the word. They're going to become spiritually hostile, aggressive, angry. When they become spiritually hostile, aggressive, and angry, that's when God's going to step in because that's how you give the battle to the Lord and let him fight your battles for you. The battle does not belong to you. You declare the word of God and go to bed. Sleep a good night's sleep. Become a flamethrower and a jackhammer before you go to bed. During the day. Put the enemy at bay. Put the enemy on the run. So, after this blood sacrifice, there was great wrath against Israel, and they departed from him. Same thing, and they returned to their own land. Same thing in Acts 12. James's blood was shed, and the Christians were subdued, but they woke up. When Peter was put in jail, the church snapped to attention. When the church began to pray without ceasing, God moved his hand and he dispatched one angel. That's all it takes, one angel. Don't you know that one angel can kill 185,000 men in one night? Don't mess with God's angel. Don't mess with God either. I have such confidence in my Jesus. Because, you see, my Bible tells me, Psalm 91, 11, that he has given his angels, plural, charge over me to keep me in all my ways. And in their hands, their hands, the angels, and they shall bear me up, lest at any time I dash my foot against the stone. I'm claiming that. If you don't want to claim it, God bless you. I wish to God you did. That's why I'm teaching you. My assignment is to teach you. But if you don't want to claim it, then God bless you. But you should claim it. You should walk with that air of confidence. You should walk knowing who you are and whose you are and with the divine covering and the divine protection that you carry. I carry Jesus. I carry Emmanuel, God with us, the God of all creation. He lives in me, and if I'm in my car, he's there. If I lay down at bed to bed at night, he's with me. He lives in me. Don't tell me who I am. You can't affirm me. You don't know me. My Bible defines me and affirms me, tells me who I am, what I am, and what I can do, and what I can have. And anything my Bible tells me, that's exactly what I'm going for. I'm not stopping. This boy is not going to the grave. No, because my Bible tells me I am going to be here with Jesus alive and remaining when he comes to be caught up to meet him in the air. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? That's what I'm preparing the church for. That was my assignment. The Lord spoke to me and gave me that assignment. So let me wrap this thing up. The no fear gear is spiritual cloaking. So that we are not afraid, we need a spiritual cloaking, like a coat, a blanket, a spiritual blanket. It is our bulletproofing, our armor plating, 
a covering of steel, a covering of spiritual power, dominion, and authority. You see, the masters of deception, they are two-sided. They speak with forked tongue. They're two sides of one same coin. When you look at what's going on in the world today of politics and the, and the, the rulers of this world, we're seeing whether they're Democrats, Republicans, or in another country there might be this party and that party. They're two sides of the same coin. They're blind people leading blind people. They're masters of deception. They're run by the rich that rules over the poor. And as far as the rich ruling over the poor, you're a slave. The masses are asses, jackasses. Their, their method and methodology of ruling is divide and rule. And we must choose our weapons. By God, I'm telling you, don't choose a physical weapon. Choose a spiritual weapon. Jesus knows where the billionaire lays his head to sleep at night. Ha! He knows where presidents and prime ministers lay their head to sleep at night. He knows the secret things they do in the dark. He knows the demons they're conversing with. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Understand where I'm coming from? Don't look at people and get all enamored with certain people and put your life, oh, well, this man is too good. I believe it. No, 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 no. You better stop that stupid rubbish. You don't hear no Jesus coming from that person. You hear no Bible come from that person. You got to put your antenna up and say, is he a Christian? Follow me. Even as I follow Jesus Christ. I don't hear no Jesus out of you. I don't want to hear nothing from you. If I don't hear Jesus and the mention of Jesus from you, you're a suspect. So we are to choose the winning strategy. The winning biblical strategy of warfare. Where you win every battle. Where you are going to be preserved, protected. <laughs> you're going to be kept. And you're going to be insulated. I give you the, the example of an insulation. Electrical wires is insulated. It has a coat of plastic, rubber coating on the outside while the hot wire is on the inside. Well, it's insulated. You can put two wires together, negative and positive, in the same conduit, and nothing will happen. But if you strip the wires and put them down, they go spark. Oh! They'll shock you. You'll die. But as long as the insulation is there, nothing happens. And so is you. So are you. You're supposed to be insulated against all the wickedness and the evil that's going on in this world. All of your doings of human blood sacrifices, you can't touch me. I'm untouchable. You can, you can do all of your blood stuff. You can't touch me. Why? Because the blood of Jesus covers me. And the blood of Jesus is against you. You hear that? The blood of Jesus is against you. Take your flight in Jesus' mighty name. For his blood is against you. We got to learn how to war, church. Got to war with certainty. We must win every battle. Jesus is no loser. Jesus is the winner man. Tonight, the strategy the Lord has revealed to me is Code 7. It's called Bible, Code 7, meaning it came from the Bible. And the Lord spoke it to me one morning, one Saturday morning in February 2018. 
gave me a title. And God tells me this is what it is. And Bible Code 7, the strategy of Code 7, is sworn to, attested to by the Lord God himself because it is the utilization. It is the weaponization of the everlasting word of the living God to win every battle. And I close with this. Heaven and earth is going to pass, but the word of God will never pass. Nothing shall defeat the word the living God. Nothing shall defeat Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who is the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. And when we invoke the word of God, we are invoking Jesus Christ. And in the same manner, he tells us that we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace in the same manner as a horse his hoof is shod with a horseshoe. So when the horse walks, he doesn't walk on the concrete or the pavement. He walks on the horseshoe, and he is protected from the harsh pavement. So it is with the Word of God. We use the Word of God as our divine protection for any and every circumstance. Are you sick in your body? The Word of God will heal you. Are you tormented at night? Ah, hit the raw nerve. The Word of God will bring deliverance to you. Are you having anxiety, discouragement, depression, distress? Word of God is for you. Code 7. What are you having? What are you going through? Are you lacking prosperity? Things don't meet. Nothing seems to work. All your blessings fall out of your hand. They fall to the ground. The Word of God. Code 7. That's what you need. What are you going through? What are your children going through? You need Code 7. Get the book. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, iBooks, eBooks, Kindle, use the strategy with a guarantee of working for you. So may the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Both now until Jesus returns, have yourself a fabulous, fabulous night.